Hello there, everybody. Welcome, Welcome to Jewish. To Jewish. Season two. Just yesterday morning, they let you know we were on. They said, here's a podcast by some Jews. You never thought such a thing could be quite so wrong. Or that co-hosts could have so little clue. Oh, you've had boredom and you've had pain. You've heard podcast shows that you thought would never end. And now you're afraid that your brain will never mend. And here you are listening to Jewishish again. And that's right, it's another Murray Monday. Murray! Do the thing from the script. That means it's time for Thu to tell us about stuff. How are you, Thu? Uh, I'm doing terrific. We're, uh, we're enjoying Santa Fe right now. Really good. Have you been to the opera yet? No, we're going to do that tomorrow night. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. Well, while, yeah. I, while I play your uh, theme music a little bit, tell us about what's been happening in the golf world. Uh, so glad you asked. Um, so Kevin Kisner emerged victorious from a six-man playoff with birdie on second playoff hole to win the Wyndham Championship at Sedgefield Country Club in Greensboro, North Carolina for his fourth PGA Tour victory. It was the third six-man playoff on the PGA Tour and the first since 2001. The playoff win broke a winless 0-5 record for Kisner in tournament playoffs. Kisner is hopeful that the win will help him get picked to be on his first Ryder Cup team should his close friend, Steve Stricker, the captain, make Kisner one of the six captains' picks. Kisner has never represented the U.S. in the biennial event. I doubt very seriously that Kisner left with this win. He's an old pro, and I'm very glad to see him win. He's been playing very good golf lately. So I have a couple, I have a couple of I have a couple of questions. You're saying there was a six... Person playoff? Right. Six, six golfers tied at under par after 72 holes. After four days. So after four days of play, they all had exactly the same score. All six of them, correct. So do, doesn't that just suggest that it's random? That, that, that it's really just guys hitting the ball and it can wind up with any score? Um... <laughs> maybe, maybe a little, um, but but no, all of these guys are unbelievable golfers. Um, I do think maybe you know what maybe it means is that they have to play more than seventy-two holes per tournament. Maybe ninety holes will help separate them better. That would or be two two extra days of golf viewing for people like you. Yeah, one hundred eight holes might do it. Six, you know, six six rounds. I think viewers would enjoy it and I, I know Jewish listeners would like to hear more details about it. We would we would have to have you commenting on golf several times a week. 
Yes. So yes, my other my other question is yes. My other question is about this team thing you were talking about at the end. You you're saying that that's just pure favoritism, that if he gets to be on the team, it's because his friend is the captain. Uh, I'm not saying that at all. It's a it's a very um, elaborate and um, intense uh, procedure. So I think how I think how it works is the top six or the top eight U.S. golfers on the PGA on the World PGA rankings are automatically in, and then the captain gets to pick six extra picks. I think he usually only gets four extra picks, but this year's a little different. But no, I, he will not pick him because he's his good friend. Um, and in fact, Kisner said something to that effect. He said, Kisner's a great guy, um, and I would like to make the team, but he'll do what's in the best interest of the team. But if, if Kisner winds up on it, then we're going to know the fix was in. I think so. Yeah. So we, we, we would be justified at that point in having a new idiom for favoritism where we would refer to it as Kisnertism. Oh, I like it. Or, or strickerism. Yeah. Or strickerism. Yes, he was strickerized. Yes. And, and, yeah, and you know, Steve Stricker, Kevin Kisner, the, you know, they're, they're both uh, alliterations. It's not, it's not right. No, that's right. All right. Well, we'll watch out for that. Let us know if that happens and we'll have a special bulletin. You bet I will. I, I would like very much to do a, a special Ryder Cup show. Excellent. All right. Well, that's something to look forward to. Congratulations to the Atlanta Falcons for being reportedly the first National Football League team to have all their players vaccinated. The Falcons have also been taking a big role in getting the community vaccinated, offering vaccines at their practices and also at their first preseason game last Friday. Mara Gomez, the first transgender footballer to play in Argentina's professional women's league, has had two big changes lately. She has moved to a new team and she is qualified as a nurse. To her new team, she posted, quote, Thanks for opening the doors, receiving me with so much affection, and today being one more club that sets an example of inclusion, that understands that passion doesn't have gender or sex, that passion is for all. Go Argentinian women's soccer, right? Yeah. That's good, right? That's a good story. Go Mara Gomez. Here's a story that's going to interest you, Thu. J.R. Smith, who won two National Basketball Association titles as a member of the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Los Angeles Lakers, has enrolled at the historically black college, North Carolina A&T, A&T, and intends, if he gets approval from the NCAA, to join the golf team. Smith plays with a five handicap, according to PGATour.com. Is that good? It, it's good. Um, it's good. I quite, um, I've seen five handicaps, and I've seen five handicaps. Um, Trump, for instance, has a 2.7 handicap, and I'm sure he can't beat me. Okay. All right. I don't know. If it's a legitimate five, um, it's good. It's good, and maybe he's got a shot. Well, the, the, the coach at North Carolina A&T says it'll be a big deal if he's allowed to be on the golf team. That would be fun to watch. you got to turn it to the correct page, the, the script on. That would be up there with, uh, with Michael Jordan playing baseball. Uh, oh, really? No kidding. Okay. All right. Okay. Good. And another news. Actor Deborah Winger has announced that the reason she left the cast of the 1992 film A League of Their Own in spite of having trained with the Chicago Cubs for three months to prepare it was because Madonna had been added to the cast. Asked to appraise the performance of her replacement, Greena Davis, Winger Gina said... Davis. Oh, thank you. 
What did I say? You said Rena Davis. I don't know where you got that. Me neither. Yeah. Well, Winger said of Davis that Davis, quote, did okay. Of Madonna, she said, quote, I think her acting career has spoken for itself. Are you, have either of you seen What's that movie, A League of Their Own? No, I haven't. Have you seen that too? No, I haven't. I feel a little bit bad about it, but I, I tend to avoid... I've seen it. Oh, oh really? Oh, yeah. we have a special guest commentary. What do we think? No, it's a great movie. Really? It's I've seen... Good. It's a really good story. You don't like the characters, but then you like the characters. It's great. I've seen snippets of it, but... Oh, we've got an edit we have to make. Okay. Ooh. Yes. Um, yeah. Really likes to criticize uh, sports movies by telling me that the uh, actors cannot play sports, but they really look like they knew what they were doing in that movie. They trained for a and lot what's, of time. And what's your opinion about Deborah Winger? Because she seems a little snarky in these comments. I think she feels bad she was left out of the, that movie. Yeah, okay, good. Because I think it'd that be possible wise. to make That's some comments. That's one of comments. the wisest things we've ever had on I, I think matter. I think it'd be possible to make some comments about her performance in An Officer and a Gentleman, if one wanted to. She took the classy way out. Yeah, that's good. That well, good. thank you for that, that uh, sudden burst of insight. We're very grateful. We've never had one of those on the okay. podcast that's, that's more poise and elegance than this podcast has seen since last time you came on I, we're gonna have listeners flocking yeah our yeah. count is gonna go way up yes speaking speaking of sort of actors Ashton Kutcher and Milo Kunis kicked off what CNN refers to as quote a major debate when they revealed last month on a podcast called Armchair Expert that they and their kids don't bathe very much they provided reassurance this weekend with what CNN calls, quote, a funny video. Which you're supposed to hear now, but I'm not here. Hang on. How do I make the funny video? Or water. Here we go. Water. You're putting water on the children? Are you trying to melt them? Are you trying to injure them with water? This is ridiculous. What's going on? So that's what that's what CNN thinks of as a funny video. So uh, keep that in mind when you read CNN's comments on President Biden's responsibility for what's happening in Afghanistan uh, just now. And now it's time for Murray. Monday. I don't have it queued up to music. Hang on, I gotta and go back to it. And it's time for Murray Monday. Murray. Sorry, I had a little trouble queuing that up. I was thrown off by the funny video. Um, we have lately learned, so I don't think you know this, uh, we here have lately learned that we will be making not one but two trips to Washington State next summer for weddings. In acknowledgement of that fact, we have a Murray today with deep ties to the state, and that, that's not, that won't make it the first uh, Murray 
connected with Washington State we've had on here because we did have Senator Patty Murray before, but this is a different Washington Murray. This is Dr. Christopher J. L. Murray, director of the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation, which as you can guess, goes by the acronym IHME or IME at the University of Washington. His career is focused on improving health for everyone worldwide. That's a good goal, I think, oh, right? Yeah. We like that. By improving health evidence. A physician and health economist, his work has led to the development of a range of new methods and empirical studies to strengthen health measurement, analyze the performance of public health and medical care systems, and assess the cost effectiveness of health technologies. Dr. Murray is a founder of the Global Burden of Disease, GBD, or GBD, approach, a systematic effort to quantify the comparative magnitude of health loss due to diseases, injuries, and risk factors by age, sex, and geography over time. He led a consortium of almost 500 researchers from 50 countries to produce the 2010 Global Burden of Diseases, Injuries, and Risk Factors study. From 1998 to 2003, Dr. Murray worked at the World Health Organization, WHO, or WHO, where he served as the Executive Director of the Evidence and Information for Policy Cluster. He then became the Director of the Harvard Initiative for Global Health and the Harvard Center for Population Why and Development Studies, as well as the, the Richard Saltonstall Professor of Public Policy at the Harvard School of Public Health from 2003 until 2007. He has authored or edited 16 books, many book chapters, and more than 420 journal articles in internationally peer-reviewed publications. Now that, I must say, is a Murray. Whoa, serious dude. Why do we that So, what are you saying that song for? That this, guy is, this guy is brilliant and is trying to make everybody in the world more healthy. What did you do today? You lost to me in badminton. That was your big, that was the big highlight of your day. You know, what it strikes me through, and I mentioned this because of your uh, connection to um, health uh, matters, is that there are really a lot of people associated with public health who we just people wouldn't know about. You know, you hear about it if they win a particular prize occasionally. But there's, there's a lot of people devoting their careers to trying to make the world a better place who you just never never get an idea of and particularly in the health professions i think i agree and this this guy really helps restore your faith in, in people because it's great to know that they're working, working why, do we, why are you singing that song? why that song for this occasion why are you why are you doing that why what explain yourself explain yourself you just you're just gonna be disruptive and snarky in the presence of Dr. Well, Murray, who's trying to make the world better. I realize that you do this during my Murrays, so it's time. It's time. Your Murrays are usually amoebae. They are the best. <laughs> you do it during the program. Well, I did this right before the program, I'll admit. Hey, uh, Stu, I just Wasn't wanted to... was Murray Moray? What's that? that was... Wasn't his last Murray of Moray? Uh, that was one of the more recent ones. I think he did one that was a Mornay sauce. <laughs> um, I wanted to let you know, by the way, through just because you're traveling, but we devoted uh, yesterday's podcast to just uh, going song by song through the first side of Nancy Griffith's 
a Last of the True Believers uh, CD. Uh, uh, and uh, we really enjoyed it, and we're going to do the second side of that album later in the, the week. But uh, we, we had a big uptick in listeners with the first Nancy Griffith program, just because I think people are probably, um, you know, searching under her name. Uh, but what shocked us was to find that most of the listeners stuck with the whole of the podcast, which is not something that we usually uh, experience. But uh, Well, both, both my cohort here and I thought that it was a, a, an especially good show, and I thought you did a really nice tribute to her. Um, and it really, got, it, it really uh, got a lot of people, I think, thinking about her and her contribution and what, what she meant to them. Well, thank you for that. I don't know whether The Last of the True Believers is an album that's particularly on your radar, but there's a lot of good stuff on there, and we really enjoyed going through the first side of it uh, yesterday. I have a lot. Good, good. All right, well, we'll conclude for uh, today, of course, with the Whiz Pops and um, Manamanamanities. Uh, safe travels to the two of you. Enjoy the opera, and we'll talk to you on Saturday for the Shindig. Thank you, and I'll give you a little, uh, maybe, synopsis of the opera. Yes, please do. Definitely let us know if there's any golf in the opera. Oh, absolutely. Because there frequently is. Um, This may not be a golf opera, but, you know, I don't know. Well, so many of the big ones are La La Golfiata, and Uh, the Golfer of Seville, and uh, the... the marriage of golf. The marriage of uh, Figaro the golfer, and um, and of course uh, Aida, which has as its sub a subtitle the sand trap. Little known fact. Little known fact. Yes. Now Verdi was a big, big gig, big gig, big golfer. All right. So thank you to everybody, and we'll see you next time. And remember, thank, thank you, gentlemen. Yeah, that's again, that's where you're going to believe it. Why do we let morons rule the world? <laughs>